is going on. It's JMW. It's Fresh X. And we are the International Professional Podcasters, the Hoopers. What's going on, players? So we've been at this podcast thing for a minute now, and I'm pretty sure y'all wondering, man, I don't know if I could be a podcaster, how much would it cost? But using the Anchor app is absolutely free. It's free and it's easy to do. You can record from your phone, you can record on your computer, even on your iPad or whatever you use. So it's super simple. Now you've got it set up, you know that you can do it. You're thinking, man, now how do I get listeners? How do I put it out there? Anchor also provides that for you, considering that they put you on different platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can't be international if people don't hear you. And they also set it up for you where you can make money off of your listeners, but no, no minimum listenership. So all you got to do, go to anchor.fm, download the app, and everything you need is right here. So it's us once again, the international professional podcaster, John W. And Fresh X. You the hoopers. Peace out, players. Hey guys, um, you know, over the weekend we had the um, pass from Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna Bryant, along with um, with seven other pe- passengers on the helicopter. Right. And it's crazy because we had already planned, you know, we had already went over our stuff that we were gonna do for this episode, and we were ready to record, uh, and then that happened. You know. Yeah, it was a real unexpected, um, as. I'm sure everybody knows. I remember uh, when I first got the news, uh, we were just sitting around and it was like a TMZ. I don't know if it was a tweet or it was on Instagram or something, but they posted that Kobe died in a helicopter uh, crash. And we was like, you know what I mean? Who? Why TMZ writing this fake story about right. Kobe was the first thing said. And then, um, you know, you go to their website and you see that it's down. They be like, oh, they must have been hacked. TMZ website is never down. And then you think about it like, dang, they did mention Kobe, so maybe it's so many people going to the site that that's why it was, like, crashed like it was. And then, you know, he got the worst Woj bomb that we've ever gotten. Woj confirmed that he uh, had died in the helicopter crash, so him... And then a couple of hours later, he found that it was uh, his daughter was in it too. So they was on the way to a basketball game. So uh, definitely, probably the I feel like for me, this is the most like shocking thing I've heard, and even more shocking than that. But really, since like Michael Jackson died, right? Um, so it definitely was was big, and you could tell like Hoopers all over the world. Like you know, I got you know people that we've played with. Team old teammates, they all literally called each other to check on people because people was literally hurt about, I mean, for most people, Kobe was their favorite player. I would say, especially nowadays, I mean, that's who we, you would have came up on, the quote-unquote Jordan of his era. Right. Um, Kobe more than likely, like, everybody from our era, your your favorite player rounds up to uh, is, is either Jordan, Kobe, or Iverson. I mean, excuse me, it's either Kobe Iverson or Tracy McGrady. And then, you know, when we get the younger bridge of people, you get like LeBron in there too. But that's like the consensus. Wade, LeBron, Kobe, Iverson, Tracy McGrady. So definitely a huge, huge, huge loss. to, And uh, just so unexpected. I think that's the most, I guess, shocking thing about it is how unexpected it was. I remember, you know, when I first heard, I just knew. Like, I know playing through injuries is one thing, but it's like it's Kobe Bryant. Right. If anybody's going to 
survive, it's going to be Kobe. Right. Like, cause that's who he is. That's who he always was. And it was just crazy when, you know, because I was at work when I found out, and we all thought it was bullshit as well. Like, come on now. Why y'all? Like, it's Kobe. Like, right. for real. Like, who's making all these fake stories about Kobe? And then you hear, and it's just like, damn. It's like, it was actually, it was actually Kobe. Right. So, you know, condolences and prayers out to his family, the Lakers organization, um, to the families of the other people, of the other passengers on the helicopter. You know, this is a tough, it's going to be a tough, you know, time for everybody. Because, like I say, everybody was, if you was into basketball, not everybody was a Kobe fan. Right. And uh, it's been a lot of debate. I mean, so many people have passed over the last year or so. From like Nipsey to Mac Miller to not even just in sports, you know, Juice World, uh, David Stern passed a couple weeks ago. Uh, and it's always this debate, it was at least not always, but definitely recently. I I would say, honestly, it started with X, XX Tenacion. I'm sure I'm messing up his name, but it's always this debate of was this person a legend? I'm sure everybody's heard Whack 100 comments about Nipsey and if he was a legend or not or whatever we ain't gonna get into that but it's it's been big debates about who's a legend legend is legend that he a legend he's not a legend and for Kobe to be gone and you can see the impact that was undisputed a legend that passed let real legendary legacy that'll leave, live on forever and um it's, it's just really crazy to think he was going into the hall of fame this summer um a lot of us were saying this was going to be the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time. Still is. I mean, still he's still is. a part of the class, obviously. But you just wanted to hear him give his speech, though. Right. That, I'm sure everybody was definitely looking forward to it because over the years, you know, everybody knew Kobe because, you know, his dad, for people who don't know, uh, Joe Jellybean Bryant, he was a professional, played in the NBA shortly, but mainly he played overseas. So Kobe was always real isolated when he was younger. He was different from everybody else. He didn't grow up the same as most people. So he was real isolated. And it was also, I feel like it was part of his work ethic. Uh, he was just isolated because of how hard he worked or whatever. And over the last years from him tearing his Achilles to going through that last year and him being bad, you saw him open up and give out his game more. Give out. you seen him mentor Kyrie and mentor um, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum and mentor Hill. DeMar DeRozan, who carries on the Kobe line since Kobe retired. You see him mentor Isaiah Thomas. I remember he, he was the first person to mentor Giannis. Uh, and, you know, give him the game and show him his workouts. And I remember he told Giannis, go win MVP. And, uh, you know, he won the MVP last year. So, it's, it's so many players in the league. And I see tonight, uh, uh, you know, it's been the date. It's been about two days since he's born. Since, just look at some of the stats that's happened since stuff the other night when it first happened. Trey Young scored 45 points or whatever 24 on 24 shot. shots. And he was the first person to have that much points and less than that yeah. shot since Kobe. Uh, Devin Booker tonight just became the youngest player to reach 7,000 points, uh, I believe was the stat, passing Kobe. Kobe. (laughs) And then him and Trey Young the other night, you know, they both, they combined for 81 shots. Right. I mean, excuse me, 81 81 points, points. but they both combined. You know, they both took 24 shots. Buddy Hill, guess it, last night scored 42. Buddy Hill always said, you know, Kobe was one of his favorite players. And Buddy was one of those players that got to go work out with Kobe over the summer. And, you know, right. 42 flipped backwards is 24. So, um, you know, and, and of course, everybody took their, you know, their 8-second, 24-second violations. Even on 2K online, players were doing it. That goes to show, like, you know, real the real impact that he had. 
And even, you know, Spencer, I know Spencer Dan, what he said, he's not wearing number eight anymore. Yeah, he changed to 26. Um, Mark Cuban Mark is Cuban. already retired, 8 and 24. Right, for Dallas. And I wouldn't be surprised if the league did it just because it's like such a tragic and young loss. I wouldn't be surprised if the league did it. But I really wouldn't be surprised if they uh, – change the logo right. and make COVID a, the logo. It's already a petition. Um, last time I seen 800,000 people had signed it. Well, change. I wouldn't even say because of the petition. Because oh, no, yeah, people always not. draw their petitions and nothing ever happens out of that. No, yeah, but this, is gonna happen. this should happen without that petition. The, the NBA have been going through creative changes the last few years and one of the debates have been about well, should we update the logo and I think it's I mean, bittersweet perfect to change it to Kobe considering the logo is currently Jerry West. And Jerry West is who drafted Kobe, brought him into the league and all that. So I think it would be the perfect uh, passing of the torch bridge gap from Jerry West to Kobe. And um, like something we was talking about the other day, something I had wrote on Twitter was saying, I think Kobe really de- defines like what the NBA is now, what it became. Because Kobe was the first, I think, player, you know, when uh, we was watching TNT and Charles Barkley was saying how they feel like, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird saved the NBA, and then Michael come out, came in, et cetera, et cetera. And it's true because back then, I mean, not like speaking to super details because I wasn't born, but everybody tell you back then, people played basketball just because you were tall. It was just something you did. It wasn't really like, I mean, obviously for some people maybe it was, but overall it wasn't your life goal. Like, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. And I feel like, right. And I feel like Kobe was like one of the first players because he was born in 78. Magic would have came in the league in 79. So he would have really grew up. You know, the Lakers was his favorite team as a kid. Jordan was his favorite player. But he really grew up watching the NBA reach a certain popularity where he can really have in his mind, plus with his dad being a basketball player, that he wanted to be an NBA player. And, um, not just NBA player, but an NBA superstar. And, like, he came in with instant star power. He was the first guard drafted out of high school. Um, before that, it was only big men. Uh, uh, Kevin Garnett, Moses Malone, Daryl Dawkins, so only big men. So then Kobe comes out, and he's the first guard. And it's like instant star power. He gets voted into the All-Star game the next night, his first season, but his second season, off I the believe. Bench. Like, his he, was second, st- he was still on the bench, yeah. Right, so his second season off the bench because of how popular he was. I remember when he, you know, was coming out and going through the the uh the stages or whatever, him uh being on Moesha. I remember Moesha going to the prom with him. Or Roy Brandy going to the prom with him or whatever. <laughs> right. But Kobe had instant star power, uh, from the start, so you knew he was gonna be something in the NBA. You know what I mean? Kobe Kobe courtside on Nintendo sixty four, you know, the crazy eight shoes with the the Adidas line. And Kobe just opened it up for the next for the next wave of all these high school guards particularly because it's different when you're a big man. You know, you can be seven feet and you're going to get looked at. But to be a guard and to be play well, you know, that opened it up for Tracy McGrady, you know, a year or so later. That opened up for LeBron. And then you get into when J.R. Smith came out, Lou Williams, Sebastian Taylor, Fairshawn Livingston, and all the high school players that came out. So I think Kobe's impact on the game really, I mean, it's – obvious but it it's definitely goes really really far um we all knew that jordan was like the hardest worker ever and i would think kobe even surpassed what jordan did like kobe was the one that started the 3 a.m workout thing. So he he took on the jordan mode of the 
workout before and after the game, the practice before practice, shoot around before shoot around. And um, his focus just was laser sharp. So, so no. He said once again, prayers and condolences to the bride family. Right, yeah, he still got, you know, he leaves his wife, Vanessa. They uh, got married in 2001. They've been together since he came into the league, uh, 18. You know, they were together then. Um, and he still he has three other kids, including uh, a, a, I believe his the youngest was is about six months, seven months, That's maybe true. a little younger than that. But she was born in the last year. And then he got two other girls that lives on. So, so yeah. So R.I.P. to Kobe. R.I.P. Gianna. Yeah, R.I.P. the the other seven people on that on the helicopter. We won't dive too deep into what happened with the helicopter, especially since all the details haven't came out. But just with some of the details I've heard today, it just seems like it was it obviously like a freak accident, a crazy accident. Seems like something that could have and should have been avoided. And, uh, I mean, you can't really say, I'm not going to speculate, but it just seemed like it was the the, pan- the pilot kind of panicked with what was going on. It was a real foggy day. It had been a real foggy week. In LA, I mean, LA is known for its fog. Period. So, a lot of people felt like it wasn't safe conditions, but we're not gonna dive too deep in that. We're not even gonna worry about it. It's right, just R. P. Kobe at the moment. All right. So, with that being said, I'm John W. It's Fresh X. We are the Hoopers. Um. So I guess you know we are gonna jump right into it. We got a um, question on Instagram, which shout out to um our homie Justin because we always tell people this. You know, don't text us y'all questions for the show, you know. Just hit us on our Instagram, Twitter, wherever you're at. But he was asking us, basically, do we think the Ricky of the Year race is over with Zion coming back? Right. And both of us have been, you know, on the record, off record, saying that John Morant is our Ricky of the Year. Right. And I think as of today, we will both stay on record with John Morant as our Ricky of the Year. Right. Like, he's uh, Ja has been playing extremely well, numbers-wise. And then... You expect, <clears throat> excuse me. You expect the young players to come in and hoop numbers wise, but enough can't be said for the fact that Memphis is in in playoff contention. And I believe they're actually the AC. They were about a week ago. They've been holding on for a while. They were coming off of like an eight game winning streak. I believe they're still in the playoffs. But the fact that they're winning, um, just puts Jai in a whole nother level because his stats are already there. Also in Memphis, they're still in the playoffs right. at twenty three and twenty four. Um, the twenty three and twenty four at the moment, they've won eight of their last ten, and they're currently on a three game winning streak, which they started right after they were on an eight game winning streak. So, Jai has to substantially fall off, and Zion has to play substantially well for me to even consider and him. And that because I mean, Clint, yeah, he has to play well but at the same time, Ja is winning. I know they played tonight so I don't know if they won tonight or not but I know just in his first three games they were one and two since Zion's been back. Right, yeah. And you know, and I know people, Two and two now, they won tonight. They won tonight so they're two and two. Yeah, they beat Cleveland. And, but, um, yeah, it's like even in the Memphis I know, also won though, so um, I saw the. I was watching most of the Spurs game, and he played all four quarters first and foremost. Who, John Morant? No, uh, Zion. Going back to his, his he debut played against all the Spurs. Four quarters? Yeah, against the Spurs. Oh yeah. And it was like they were losing the whole game. He had this spurt in the fourth quarter that made it look, you know, like the game was closer. He was keeping the game close, but they were being blown out throughout the whole game, and he just caught momentum at the end. Um, 
Zion is going to be in the race, honestly, simply because the media wants him in the race. I, I don't think if he won Rookie of the Year, it would be deserved at all. Right. And my thing also is, like, I remember the big thing with Joel Embiid was he only played a certain amount of games. Well, with Zion coming back when he came back and knowing that he's probably not going to play back-to-backs, Zion probably finished this year playing about 30 games. And, I said, I and just, he's not going to average even what Embiid average. So, no, I can't put him in the And I seen something um, about, a, about a week ago on Twitter. It was like the um, the least amount of games played by the winner of the rookie of the year. Of course, it was Patrick Ewing has that with 50 games. 50 games is a lot of games. It is. Compared to, to 30. Zion's going to play 30 games this year or less. I mean, um, they've already played more than half of their season. So, you don't even have – those same amount of games. So it's like, and I know I was asking, I'm pretty sure the stats are gonna, he's gonna qualify for most stats, but it's like, can you, you know, his his stats are gonna be a tad bit augmented because he's not playing as many games as a John who's had up and down games, and he's had stretch, he had stretches of games where he played great, and he had stretches of games where he, you know, played not so good. So whereas Zion, he's, not, I think his, you know, his good stretches are going to look better than his bad stretches because he's only playing so few many games. Right, and I just did the numbers. Like, they have 38 games left. Well, if he plays in all the games, there's 34 left and he's played in four. So if he plays in all the games left this year, which is not going to happen because he's not going to play in back-to-backs, he'll play 38 games this year. Take away however many back-to-backs they got, I don't even know. Like I said, he'll probably play between 30 and 35 games. He can't. He's not going to be... Rookie of the year this year, so and he don't he don't he don't even deserve to be in the conversation. So to answer your question, Justin, no, Zion is not our rookie of the year, and he's not in the race. I'm not even putting him above Kendrick Nunn because I mean, he, like I said, even the last case we had of this was Joel Embiid, and he finished behind Malcolm Brogdon and Dario Sarge, his teammate at the time. So I couldn't put him even in front of Nunn. Nunn has already scored the most points for an undrafted rookie. In NBA history this season, so um, it's good to see that he, you know, though he is getting better after the first game. Um, coming up into coming up to tonight's game, I believe Zion had the highest shooting percentage ever for a player that uh, a player in his first three games because of course his second game he missed two shots. I believe the first game. He didn't. He didn't take many shots, so he didn't miss many shots or whatever. So he had the highest percentage overall. So he's gonna do some things. He's gonna have some stats. He's gonna have some numbers. Zion is, is gonna be a good player. And he's gonna fit well in New Orleans. But you just gotta know that some of the stuff he's gonna do is gonna be overhyped from the start. Right. So not this year, but um, he can come in next year and play well and make the All Star team. So do that. But he's not rookie of the year. Not my rookie of the year. Not the Ricky Eddie of Hogan. <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah. I'm giving that to uh, Ja. Ja has that wrapped up. All right. He's probably going to make all Ricky team, though, and I'm going to have a problem with ja, that. I feel like Ja so much has it wrapped up that, like, if he was on, uh, we talked about this off record, but if he was on a, a uh, like, the Lakers or a team like that, just like a notable team, he'd probably be an all-star, and yeah. his jersey sales would be a lot higher right. than they are. So, because, like I said, with Iverson, growing up with Iverson, with us in our generation, I think he, kids are going to gravitate towards him. Right, for sure. So, um, is is Ja has to really, really fall off. Right. Really fall off. And I don't see it happening. Because even, like, tonight, 
he averages about what about nineteen about and 19 eight. I'm not even looking at his stats. I'm just saying off the head. He's averaging about nineteen and eight. But even nights like tonight, where he finishes with fourteen and six, and he just has a solid game. But they win. They win. You also see how he's in control of the team. His impact of the game. Right. So, Josh is doing a lot right now. So I'm not gonna allow. Uh, anybody just snatch away his rookie of the year. Right, but shout out to Zion coming out and playing good so far. Yeah, yeah. playing well. Like I said, each game you can tell he get more comfortable. He's such a good fit for them. Still needs to uh, lose a little weight. This, you, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and say this now, and I hope that I'm wrong, but Zion's downfall is going to be the weight, and this is why. I'm not one of these people that think he needs to lose 50 pounds. Like, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. He's He is a big dude, and part of his power is in his game. Like, so he, he does need to be, not that he needs to be, but being big is what helps him. It's what makes him unique. Everybody can't hold that weight and do what he does. That's why he's different. But I know they asked him about that, and they asked him questions about that. And some of it is just deflecting from the media so you don't just sit there and talk about it. Good media training. But I also did hear a quote that he said, and one of the quotes was like, you know, my body is what it is type of thing, and that's not the right mindset to have. You can still improve your body and be better. And obviously he's heavy because, he, you know, he had a knee injury, so he wasn't running. He just was, you know, spot up shooting and stuff like that. So you, you're going to naturally get bigger. But his mindset needs to be that he does need to control his body because if you just let your body be what it is, at 285, Zion could reach 300 pounds just letting it be what it is. And as you get older, you just gain more weight and, you know, working out and stuff like that. That don't need to happen. A good plan weight for Zion is like 270. And, and that's only 15 pounds. Exactly. Stay about between that 270 to 280 range. So you're going to lose weight during the season anyway as you're being active. So exactly. just, can just control it. Stay in the 270 and 280 range, and you've already had leg injuries. That takes a little pressure off of your knees. And it's that simple. So I just feel like that was just really the... I mean, it's not the end of the world, but it was just really a bad thing. They'd be like, oh, my body is what it is type of thing. Like, no, that's that's not the approach that you should have. Um, the first thing that should have been done when he got drafted or even when he signed with his agency is they should have got him a chef and a nutritionist. And that don't mean that he has to be a vegan or any extreme stuff like that. It means that your workout schedule has to be epic. It has to, You have to be committed to it. And you got to take care of your body. It's just that's it's first really and foremost, that and that's regardless of his size too, as well. Like you have right. to take care of your body, and especially like being so undersized, having that size because he is undersized. And like the main thing that we see that we that everybody likes most about Zion is his explosiveness. And I hate to tell you, that's gonna go away one day. It's happening for Blake Griffin now. It happened with Amari. We saw it happen with the person I compare him to the most, Sean Kemp. Or even bigger dudes that were big, that was like my body is my body, like Charles Barkley, who uh, I believe I don't know who it was. I just compared him to Charles Barkley, uh, Andre Iguodala. He compared Zion to Charles Barkley uh, as far as his game because he could push the break and stuff like that, like how Charles did when he was like younger. Charles even came in leaner. Exactly, but Charles also was a person that was like my weight is my weight, and he got bigger. And over time, that does affect your career. So you got to take that weight serious. You don't need to be 250, but I, I would really hate to see Zion get to 300 pounds. And it's possible. He got nothing but money and time. It, New, it's Orleans. Def- New Orleans. Right. It's, it's definitely possible. So, currency, send him a chef, man. Send him a chef. Don't send him none of that gumbo. <laughs> but um, I see um, Steph Curry was just on um, Matt Barnes and Steven, Steven Jackson's podcast. Right. About a week ago. And they were asking him about the 73-9 and nine team. 
And, you know, usually would come up with that, you know, oh, y'all, they didn't win a championship. Right. You know, 70, you know, whatever, without the ring. And what Steph basically was saying was, you know, regardless of them not winning the championship, of course you want to win one. That's still a great season when you think about it. Yeah, it definitely is a great season. To, uh, throw it away because they don't have, they didn't win the championship. Does seem a tad bit extreme. Because you do want to win it, but how do you throw away a seventy three and nine season? The only people that throw away seventy three and nine is people that never experienced it, which is nobody. So you definitely can't throw away that season. I I, I won't say that they're the best team ever because, because they, they didn't win the championship. But I'm not saying they had a bad season. I'll never say that they should have never tried to get seventy three wins. And I still got them in the top five as far as teams all time because they did win and. Just because the way that they lost the final, it, it, it was extreme. It was injuries. They were worn out. They didn't just lose the finals. It was a lot that went into that. So, you you gotta what makes the regular season fun for the for the players is those type of awards, and you that's the type of focus you gotta have though throughout the year to make it to make it long. That's how you build your mentality. That's how you build your mentality for the playoffs. It's like if you got that laser focus during the season, you could be laser focused during the playoffs. And like I know he said, like they started off twenty four and zero, and once you start twenty four and zero, you just like let's go win every game. Right. So I, that was a great year to watch. Uh, probably the best MVP year of the decade uh, with Steph right. averaging thirty that year, hitting four hundred threes, and their team overall just was. They just were kicking teams' asses, really. Honestly, like, they sat out a lot of four quarters early in the year. Later in the year, they played a little because people tried to harp on, like, later in the year they were playing games when they, when they could have sat out trying to get the win. But it's like if you're at a certain win total and it's feasible, I don't see it. why you wouldn't go for you it. Go now, if, you, if it's 12 games left and you need to win 10 games, then it's like, all right, let's see how this play out. But if it's 12 games left and I only need to win five to get the record, we gonna win them five games, right? So, oh for sure. I, I look at it just like people who just because you win the MVP and don't win the championship don't mean that your season was trash. Just because you make the All Star game and don't make don't win the championship don't mean your season. All, all of it is steps and levels that go to it because the championship at the end of the day is the ultimate team game. And I know we talking about a team, but it is the ultimate team game, and it is a little luck that goes into winning the championship for every champion ever right. so you gotta have you gotta be a little lucky right. except and Jordan's teams Jordan just was better and than I everybody just, I'm glad that you brought up Jordan cause you always hear the argument for um you wanna switch to LeBron for like five seconds but you always hear you know LeBron is the greatest because um he didn't have to, because Jordan didn't have to go against um a Warriors team and if you really sit and think about it who had to work it before Jordan maybe before the Warriors Michael Jordan. And then either way, Bulls. every team that Jordan played in the finals other than the Warriors had better records than all of Le- the teams LeBron played pretty much. Jordan played multiple 60-win teams. I think LeBron, I mean, he did later in his career because he played the Warriors Warriors, a couple right. times and then that one Spurs team. But I remember it was a stat that, like, LeBron, they weren't even really beating, like, 50-win teams in the playoffs. So, honestly, you could say that his road there was easier. But nobody's road is easy. It's the NBA, the best players ever so it's never easy Jordan just was different right um man I seen some um was it Patrick Ewan was um he was on 
I don't know if he was on ESPN or it was just an online thing, but he was talking about Big Man and how different the game, how different Big Man are now than when he was, you know, in his prime and when he was playing. And um, if you I, you honestly think about it, I know the play he kept bringing up was Joel Embiid about how he, you know, he don't mind Embiid shooting those threes, but at the same time, you know, get down there and get in the post. I think that'd be overstated too much, and it's just a way to, to play the players nowadays. Joel Embiid plays in the post a whole lot more than he gets credit for, whether it's back to the back in the post or facing up. He, he shoots about 20 shots a game. Five threes is not all. Is he's he, at the three point line. Five threes again? I, I don't even know. I just threw a number no, out there. <laughs> but people like to just say, "Oh, he's just on the perimeter," and it's just not true that he's only in the perimeter. He definitely plays in the perimeter a lot, and I definitely think he could get some more possessions in the post in crunch time. Right. But Joel Embiid plays in the post a whole and I, lot. I will give Patrick Ewing his credit because he did say he does go down there more. Right. Than most players do, and um, I think it's just a respect level for Joel Embiid because whenever you know old old you know the older generation of big men speak on the new big man, Joel Embiid seems to be the player they bring up a lot. Yeah, because he's the closest to any of them. I think he could have played in any of their eras. Right. Maybe him, Jokic, Cat. That's probably about it yeah. in today's. Game. And if you even really think about Patrick Ewing's game, it's just you know Embiid is five feet. You know, going out, step out to the three point line a little more. Patrick Ewing played at the elbow. He faced up a lot. You know, the best probably and best Patrick part. Ewing could shoot. If Patrick Ewing played in the NBA today, he probably would be NBA. Yeah, I know. Of course, he you know he was one of those big men that you know the coach was like, oh, you know, don't get up there, don't shoot that. Then he want him shooting the elbow because that's how the game was played. I think I think he if he played today, that's probably the most player he's alike though. Uh, yeah, because he, he didn't just play back to the basket. His game was elbow. His game was face-up in the post. Yes. And it also was some back to the basket also. I think, so, and he had a nice little jump shot. I yeah. think MB played a lot like I uh, think that's how the best big men, those are the best, those are the better big men, the ones that do mix it up. It's just not, you know, go straight back to the basket or straight face-up, straight to the elbow. But if you see the stories about the death of the big man now. But the big men are better now than they were 10 years ago when we were getting Roy Hibbert and Brad Miller every All-Star game. Roy Hibbert made the All-Star game with Kwame Brown's career numbers. So the big men are much better now. Right. That don't mean I do agree with that. They, that. That don't mean that they still can't be better. Because even like somebody like Jokic, Jokic basically run the plays, and since he's running plays, he's on the perimeter a lot. But you can't tell me Jokic don't play back to the basket basketball like that. That's that wouldn't be true. But he is on the perimeter a lot more than Shaq was because he dribbled the ball more than Shaq does. So it, it's also more. that balance too because you have players like Patrick Ewing that did push the envelope and was like, well, Patrick can play on the perimeter a little bit. Or you did have somebody like Shaq that he wasn't doing it all the time, but Shaq could take the ball off the rebound, and if it's an opening, he could kind of push the ball a little bit. And that's just what happened with the evolution of the game. But we did go through a certain point where the big men, they were just terrible. That's why they took the center off of the All-Star ballot. It wasn't because it wasn't no popular big men. They just weren't good. We were were being forced to vote in Roy Hibbert into the (laughs) All-Star game because people weren't putting up numbers. And I do want to give him his credit. Um, One thing he said... It was um, shit. But Pat not lying at all. I will say that though. Yeah. I, I, uh, um, shout out to Patrick. I think you know he's not the first big man. You know, older big man to say it, but it's like you know, you know, all you need, you know, you don't need a bunch of moves. 
you know, you need a go-to move and just a counter to that. Which is basically sound right, right? Yeah. Which is what you don't see from a lot. A lot of big men don't have a go-to move and a counter that they do try moves that's probably that they shouldn't be doing, which ends up you know them fumbling the ball or just losing possession right. or not getting the bucket. So, like I said, I want to shout out Pat because, like I said, he was at the same time that you could say he was critiquing MB's game because that's a player he named. He was giving him credit for what he does do well. Right, and, and he if anybody can critique a game, it'd be it'd be you and as a coach. I ain't read the whole story, but I'm sure he didn't come from a bad place with it. So, at all, I'm sure he was like, "Yeah, I would like to see," because Embiid is. I get it. It is so many more weaker big men that you do want Embiid in the post a little more. I just feel like he get overstated, and people when they want to mention big men on the perimeter, it's like he is one of the first names to come up, and it's like Embiid played in the post a whole lot. Like it's almost a compliment and an insult at the same time. Right? Yeah. Because like I said, they're naming him because they do believe that he could be the best of them all, but it's like y'all naming him because it's easy to go right to Embiid. And they name him too because they don't respect nobody else. Like it's really like three respectable centers. Like you can't say nothing. Not nothing bad because Cat Dem was pretty terrible. But after and B, Jokic, and Cat, you can't really say anything bad to me about them. They're by far the best three centers in the NBA. And I think they could those three centers in particular could play now. They could have played ten years ago. They could have played when it was Patrick, Shaq, David Robinson. They could have played then also. Those three in particular. I'm not gonna go down the list and say everybody could have, but those three definitely could have. All right. I don't. I don't even uh, doubt it. And Embiid this year is shooting three point eight threes per game, That's which is less it. than last year. He shot four point one last year. The year before, he shot three point four. The year before, he shot three point two. So he stays in the three to four. And that's three point attempts you a game. Saying that's where you want your big man to stay at anyway. Right. That three, four, five range. So it, it gets talked about like he just takes like six or seven of them a game, like Brooke Lopez. At one point, wasn't he taking like nine threes a game almost? Like he was taking Steph Curry and amounts. He didn't even have three rebounds that Embiid is. Exactly, and that too. I mean, Embiid also rebounds. Embiid is, has been a defensive player of the year candidate the last two seasons. So he's doing his big man thing. Right. And I think that, that matters. Brooke, Brooke Lopez threes are down this year. He's taking 4.8, but he took 6.3 a game last year. And he took 6.3 to shoot 36%, which, yeah, that's a solid percentage, but you shooting six threes a game as a seven-footer to shoot 36%, tell him to get in the post. <laughs> not not MB. All right. And they, like you say, they stats don't even compare. Even this year, I would say MB's having a down year scoring averaging 23 points per game when he averaged 27 last year, but he's still right at 12 rebounds a game. Right. You're not getting 12 rebounds a game not in the post. So, Embiid is a uh, – he he, he, he's doing well. He got to continue to get better, continue to diversify his game. If y'all want to get Embiid on anything, though, tell him that this summer, the only thing I want to see him do – is don't no Devin Booker work on getting doubled and passing out the double team? Cause that's the only thing I think he that's what he really needs to add to his game. Right. And, him, and, keep, he, and keep his weight in check. Yeah, keep keep his weight in check because it'll help with the injuries right. or whatever. But yeah, passing out the double, that's 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 all that's left for NBA to add. Right. And before we get too late into the episode, I want to um swing back to LeBron to shout him out for passing Kobe. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it, was, it happened the day before Kobe passed, so the thing kind of just went over. But shout out to LeBron 
that's major to be third all time in scoring. Right. Like, like you know, it's the fact of I think, you know, before LeBron get done playing, he'll be top three in assists and scoring. Yeah, only player ever top three in assists and scoring. Um which that's gonna be a huge feat. I think you're gonna start seeing more people maybe try to get into that top ten because I don't I don't even think anybody else is in the top ten. Definitely not in the top five. Right. But I'm pretty sh- um I feel confident in saying nobody else is in the top ten. But if there's somebody else is is in the top ten, let me know who it is I, and uh we'll come back on the next episode with that. But to be top ten in scoring and uh, and uh, assists. I mean, that just speaks to who LeBron is. I'm pretty sure he's probably going to – I don't know where he yet, but I'm pretty sure he's probably going to finish top, like – I don't know where he yet, but maybe top 15 in rebounds also. So I'm I'm sure that's probably, like, not a thing uh, either. And uh, I don't think nothing is more LeBron than, than that in particular. Right. Because passing is one of the things he do best is, is what he does really well. He's leading the league in assists this year for the first time. People like to say because he's a really good passer that – He's not a scorer, but he is a scorer because he typically leads his team in shots, which means he's scoring the ball. But uh, passing is, you know, clearly where, like, he's always had a gift. Yeah, right. So, shout to LeBron getting third all-time passing Kobe. Uh, next, Carmelo, mailman, you next on the list. I hope he passes Carmelo. Yeah, I, I hope he passes him this year. But, <laughs> but he, he'll definitely he, he'll pass Carmelo by but, next year. Um, I know you were saying you just said that you know that's something you might we might see more from players now. Yeah, cause just like how st- everybody triple doubles is going up, we're yeah. gonna start seeing more players. Like if you probably look at the list, like I say, don't know it off the top of my head right now, but it's probably like six six players with fifty triple doubles. Like that's gonna start changing over the next couple of years. Like it's just like how Westbrook he got so many triple doubles now, but he gained them all in the last like three years. So you're gonna see people names fly up those kind of lists because right. of how different the game who, is. Um, you, who I I know you're gonna say Luca, but other than Luca, who you see, you know, you just get even been top ten in both in scoring and, and assists. assists. It's funny because you said because I was just trying to think who I would see next on that list. I know, I, know, I, I, I know do you. think Luca could be there super early, long way to go. So I'm gonna name two players super early, long way to go: Luca and Trey, because I think Trey is gonna be a primary scorer. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, going to give you at least eight assists. But top, I'm going to say top ten because, again, that top five, that also, it don't just go to your scoring. It goes to longevity because it, it matters to play 17 years in the league to get to that point. And at not only high, play 17 years, right, at a high level, it matters to play that many years and get to that point. Like I saw somebody said, you know, about LeBron, how he reached his feet and he did it in like 100 or so less games than Kobe. But then you got to take into the fact that Kobe didn't play a year plus – well, he pretty much played the whole year he tore his Achilles, right? But either way, with the Achilles, that that also takes time off of his career. So LeBron has never really missed games before last year because of injury, and that matters. So to get in the top 10 in scoring and assists, like you would want to say somebody like Westbrook, but he's already so far at, not at the end of his career. But I think he's at a point where I don't, I don't really know if he's going to get to that point where he's going to be top 10 in both. In right. both. Cause even still I do think he's going to get top 10 in assists. Because even with the assists, like his assists have just started piling up over the last three years as well with the triple right. doubles. With the triple was, doubles, yeah. Like he was always a good assist guy, but he was never 9, 10, 11. You know, he was more 7, 8, 9. And then the only other player, like, you would think, like, is like Ben Simmons, but he's not. Ben Simmons is who's not a I was scorer. Gonna say, I was going to say John Morant. 
then then John Moran, his name come to mind. But he's not a big scorer Score either. either. So to be top ten, to be top ten in assists and scoring means twenty five points and seven assists a night. So it's like who's currently doing those two things, and it's mainly Luka and Trey. Right. Those it's kind of be like got to be your standard. I don't know LeBron's career assists. Uh, right uh, now, but he, I think it's like seven or eight. Yeah, he should be about seven or eight, and then he his career scoring is about twenty seven points per game, and that's like where you got to be. And that's to do that. Top, like I said, that's what he's gonna be top three in both. Right, we just speaking on top ten. Top so. ten. So I would say with top ten, you definitely still got to be in that twenty three, twenty two to twenty five range, and definitely no less, no less than like six assists a game. And you can't miss, you know, with injuries, you like can't you miss games. games. And that that's key to moving up the statistics more than putting up numbers. Like, for example, Steph would have broken the three-point record in like a year and a half. But missing all those games this year, that's going to take another maybe two years for him to break that record. Right. But he was literally looking at it at, at breaking that record. If not next season, like the following season. Uh, KD missing this year than missing that year with his foot injury. He's still kind of on pace to get the Kareem's record. But before the foot injury and definitely before this year, KD was on a better scoring pace than LeBron to actually pass Kareem. Now you miss those years and you still assume he's going to play a long time. But So he still got a chance, but that takes time away. Look at somebody like Jordan with the highest scoring average in NBA history at 30 points per game. Only two players have averaged 30 points per game. But he misses a season because of the foot injury. He only plays 12 games because he come back in the middle of the year after retiring from baseball. He retires twice. That takes away time for him to move up that list. So, I mean, it's really even impressive that Jordan finished where he did. Yeah, I mean, right. He had to come back to get 30,000. He didn't even retire with 30,000 points. If, when you really think about it, he came back and he did that with the Wizards. He didn't score 30,000 with the Bulls. Like, even look at Dirk, who got there eventually to the – 20 years in the league. Uh, I always use, like, Jason Kidd. People always, it was famous when he came in, he was acing Kidd, no J. But Jason Kidd is top five and three-pointers made because of how long he played. Um, Jason Terry is top ten and three-pointers made, probably top five. Three-pointers made, Vince Carter, because of how long you play. And these aren't even – it, it's not that Jason – well, Jason Kidd definitely isn't a shooter. So for him to be the top ten, that shows like the longevity and you know the fact of getting better and stuff like that. So longevity and hard work is the key to making it um, to moving up these ranks. So I mean, then also to another point, just looking at how the numbers take off. Just look at like Melo losing a year or so of playing time, and then you know he's had some injuries in the past too, and plus like a remember the suspension for the fight at the Garden. All that has taken away from his ability to possibly be at 30,000 points right now. Because right. Melo is on par with LeBron as the scorer or whatever. And if he would have played this whole time, he would be closer to 30. I'm not saying he would be at 30,000. But he if Melo didn't miss all last year and then the injuries and stuff that he has had in the time that he's missed, he'd probably be at about 28,000. So it would probably be realistic that he could get 30,000. And he, he still could get there, but I don't know that he will right. now. He would got there. I think he would have got there at a more comfortable age frame and time right. period. It would be safe to say that like next year we will be getting ready to say that Melo's gonna get thirty thousand points. Yeah. But now he's probably gonna have to play at least 
two and a half more years. And that's to get if there. he want, and that's if he wants to get there. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, to, but for him to get there, at least two and a half oh, yeah, more for years. Sure, for sure. Especially, I mean, he's not the primary scorer and stuff no more. So, with his current pace, he's probably about two and a half, three years away from there, and that'll put him at twenty years in the league. So. You know, once you start getting up there to 17, 15 plus, that's when you start seeing them records fall. Interesting. You know, um, I was at the Hawks game the other night. You know, Trey Young is the first all-star starter from the Hawks since Matumbo in 98. Yeah, because Joe Johnson never was a starter, and he's the best player that we've had. So that makes sense. I didn't know that, but thinking about it but, right now. Yeah, that's exactly what I it, it would have to be him, and then even before that, it would have been like, it wouldn't have been, but the only person to compete would have been Steve Smith and he would have been behind Michael Jordan. So, um, that, that slot was gone. <laughs> it, it, you weren't getting that slot from Jordan. So that, that's what's up. Shout out to Trey. Um, yeah, cause Al Horford was never a starter. I'm trying to just trying to think of the more consistent uh, all-stars more recent. Sharif wasn't a starter or even no. played here super long. Oh, right. Just long enough. Shout out to Sharif, the legend. I, I like Sharif. He's one of my favorite players. Um, so shout out to Trey Young becoming a becoming a starter, first starter since Matumbo in '98. That's huge. Trey Young for the Trey Young even born in '98. Nah, Trey Young was. I did this when Trey when uh, yeah. when they beat the Spurs. Trey Young was born the year after the last Hawks win at the Spurs. So I believe that was '97, mm. the last time they won. That's crazy. But so yeah, he probably would. So actually, he he would have been born. I think he may he may have been like one when the last time. The Hawks had a starter. Um, just to switch real quick, um, you know, I know we do NBA often, but the McDonald All American Game is coming up soon. Um, we got a rep from we got a rep in boys and girls. We could have two of Brandon would have stayed down here and went to school yeah, instead Brandon of going down. Boston from Sierra County. Yeah. We do got two players in this year though. Uh, we got, we got Sharif Shouts to Sharif Cooper from uh McEachern. And uh, I don't remember the other guy's name. Um, I think he goes to Buford High School or something. No, like that. shout out to him. You but need... we we did we got two in the so boys got, game so and one in the girls, girls, game. girls game. Yeah, shout out to uh, Sharif. I don't know. I don't personally know Sharif, but I'm I'm cool with a lot of people that does know him. He played in some of the summer league basketball circuits, a like the ABF. He's going to Auburn next year to play for Bruce Pearl. Shout out I, Bruce I, Pearl. Yeah, I love Bruce I love Pearl. the fact that Bruce Pearl got Auburn winning because I love him at Tennessee. Yeah, so he's he going to be a good pickup in Auburn. And I think Sharif is, if you watch him play, he's with uh, people think they want it in Kyler Sexton, but he's a real point guard. <laughs> so shout out to Sharif. Uh, hopefully he get that, bring that MVP home, All-Star Game MVP. Oh, man. And, um, you know, I guess just on the end of notes because we – Probably finna get up out of here. We got lives and shit. We got to get back to in the morning. Um, you know, like I say, with Kobe passing, Kobe leaves a different kind of legacy than you see for most players because he directly impacted so many current players. Right. Because of the Mamba training academy. Yeah. And the Mamba mentality and challenging players to play to, to you know to their full potential. You know, the De'Aaron Fox. You know, we had the story come out about how he skipped the Olympic team to go work out with Kobe over the summer. Right. Um, Jason Tatum, who you can see in his game, he tries to beat Kobe as much as possible. Um, Kawhi Leonard, the new king of L.A. I'm not calling him that because I think the Clippers are better than the Lakers, but he's from L.A. and he plays for the Clippers, so he is the king. And then Paul George, the, um, not Donovan Mitchell, my bad, excuse me, um, Buddy Hill, 
it was a Trey Young was out there. It was a few more players who, you know, names didn't get named or didn't get caught on the video that never came out. You know, just the little clips we see. But um, just just the hoopers everywhere because you know us we know plenty of hoopers. Once you play and once you play basketball, it's like a real brotherhood for real. Like you can always bond with your homies over basketball. Just um, let's just keep getting better for real. Like if you still play actively, if you just play just for fun, if you're trying to make it to the, to whatever league and get paid off of it, let's keep getting better. Let's strive to be better. Let's play harder. And let's just keep having fun with it. And with Kobe gone, I would expect people to try to use some of the things that he did in their game if you're not already doing it, which if you're not already doing it, you're lacking. But Kobe brought the simple fundamentals to the game that should be taught, footwork, defense. And that coordination. Right. So, it's, and then the work that the work ethic, ethic don't right. even got to say. So, Everybody tells their story about how, uh, you know, they show up for a workout and Kobe was already there. And then when they leave, he's still there or whatever. So everybody should take that mentality so you can achieve everything you want. And not just in basketball, but in whatever you're doing in life. Right now, I've seen a lot of people come out and like, I don't play basketball, but Kobe was my favorite player. And I've literally taken his mentality into how I got through school and stuff like that. So... The impact went way far beyond, you know, anybody that could play. Right. And you just see it with the players that play also. So, no time is R.I.P. to Kobe. It's going to be one of them things you'll never really understand why it happened, but yeah. that's that's life for you. Right. So, R.I.P. Kobe Bean Bryant, right. 41 years old. Right. And top five player all time. Right. And as always, you know, um, you got a favorite Kobe moment or just whatever, you know, always hit always hit us on the Instagram page, the underscore Hoopers IG. Um, hit the tw- hit the Twitter. I'm pretty sure it's the Hoopers pod. Um, leave messages on here. Leave messages on here, you know. Just general basketball conversations, just whatever. We will get back to y'all as soon as possible, if possible, by the next episode. But, you know, as always, I'm John W. It's Fresh X. We are the Hoopers. R.I.P. Kobe.